do tonight is lift his name, his holy name. Amen. He's, he's worthy of all our praise and all our glory and all our honor. And we're here tonight to give it to him. That's our one purpose for gathering, is to praise him. That's what we're here for. Amen. But before we get into the word, let's just pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you tonight, Lord, humbly. Lord, knowing what you've laid on my heart and seeing, Lord, it laid here before me in different forms. Lord, I pray that you'll just bring it together and deliver your thought to the people, Lord. Lord, may it not be me. Help me to, to relax and move out of the way and just speak it the way you dropped it into my heart, Father. And Lord, may it all be delivered, Lord, in love and, and, and kindness, Lord, the way you showed me, Lord, as you dealt with me on it. Lord, because at the end of the day, we, we need one another. Lord, I, I can't rapture without every other person whose name's on that Lamb's book of life. I need them ready. They need me ready. And Lord, we need you. So I'm asking you to come and take this service. Now take control. Speak, Father. Anoint my lips. Anoint this word, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles... You'll turn with me to the book of Acts, the second chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. I have a, a whole lot of scriptures and quotes, and so I quickly threw together a PowerPoint this afternoon just so you'd have some visuals, something to go along with me when you have a lot of reading to do. It's nice to give people something to look at. And as I was, uh, I was mowing out here on Monday, and the Lord dropped this thought into my heart. It just came to me while I was there on the lawnmower, and I, he began to deal with me personally about some of my own attitudes and my own thoughts and reminded me once again why we do what we do. Why do we come together? Why do we have church? You know, why, why was the message sent in this day? What was it sent to restore us? And and are we just another religion? Or are we just a group of people? Or are we striving towards a goal? Are we still looking at the promise? Are we still remembering who we are called to be? And he began to deal with me and, and just gave me so many different scriptures and, and quotes and things. And I just wanted to bring it to you tonight. And pray that he'll help me. Acts 2 and 1. We're going to speak tonight on the power of one mind. The power of one mind. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Pray that the Lord will add his blessing to the word as you have your seats this evening. And we're going to try this tonight. It'll be maybe kind of how it is with the youth Bible study. I'm going to try to control this. We'll see how this goes. But verse 1 here says that they were all in one accord. And in other places it says similar things. It'll say they're in one mind and one accord. Uh, many places just like here it just speaks of them being in one accord and sometimes one mind, one accord, things like that are, are, are inter interpreted almost interchangeably. That they mean the, the same thing. But as we look through this tonight, 
being in one accord refers to a unity of purpose. It's a unity of purpose. In other words, we all have the same purpose. That's what it's saying here. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in unity of purpose. Their mind was all on the same thing and they have the same goals. And, and, and what happens is when we focus on the same things and we have the same goals, it brings about a unity. Whenever we can keep our eyes on, on the same goal and it, it unifies a people and, and, and goals bring about unity. And as we look at this, we often in this church preach about another book of Acts. And we talk about a repeat of the book of Acts. And, and the prophet would tell us that if that vine ever puts forth another branch, it would write another book of Acts behind it. And we've been teaching the church ages to, to the youth and, and dealing with that first age and that early church. And Brother Branham tells us that that first church was the pattern. He says there is no other pattern. And he's, he's very clear about this. He says, thus what the church was at Pentecost is the standard. That is the pattern. There is no other pattern. No matter what the scholars say, God has not changed that pattern. What God did at Pentecost, he has to keep on doing until the church ages close. Amen. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. Well, be, be careful what you say, because in order to believe that, it's got to be more than just a quote. It, it, because you've got to be ready for a lot of things to come your way if you're ready to say you believe that. Amen. You've got to be ready for, for so if we're going to match that, if that's what we're going to be, we got a lot to live up to. There's also a lot of things that we're going to have to be okay with if we say we believe that quote. Amen. It's got to be more than a quote because you can't believe that quote and preach against the gifts. You can't believe that quote and say we shouldn't have tongues in the church. You can't believe that quote and preach against the experience of a new birth. You can't believe that quote and preach against prayer lines because the church first church age had prayer lines. Amen. I love how he says it here. I'd never seen this quote before. He says, and we find that in the book of Acts, the second chapter, we find the kind of church that was decided on. I love that God decided on this is the kind of church I'm going to have. He says, what type of church? What would the church be? This is my favorite part. Well, we're not all going to react the same. Okay. How would be the reaction of the church when it received Christ? How are we supposed to act when the Holy Ghost falls in the church? He says, in Acts chapter 2, it was decided on how you're supposed to act when the Holy Ghost comes in the church. So if you want to know how we're supposed to act, go read Acts chapter 2. He says, I love that. And I am earnestly contending for that church that was once established on the day of Pentecost. Do we believe that? Amen. I do. So, so as we go into this, I would like to encourage each and every one of you to go read the book of Acts. Look, I'm sure you have before, but go read it again. Go. As I read through it, I was, it just, it blows your mind. All the amazing things that took place in such a short period of time. It, it, you know, if the early church is what we're supposed to look like, then I think we ought to know what was going on in the early church. I think we ought to become familiar. If we're looking to write another chapter of the book of Acts, we ought to know what the book says. 
So I encourage you once again to go back and and read that. And as you read it and study it, you're going to find a common thread. You're going to find that anytime they have a great outpouring or a shaking of the Holy Ghost, when there are mighty moves and when there are miracles, when God is able to show his power in the church, you will find unity amongst the brethren. Every time. That, that is a theme there. Acts, Acts 1, we're going to go through a lot of scriptures, so just bear with me. Acts 1, 12 through 14, it says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zealots, and Judas, the brother of James, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. Chapter 2, verse 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily as should be saved. They're adding to the church daily and they're within one accord. There's not a bunch of bickering going on amongst the people to make other people go, I don't know. I don't want whatever it is they have. I don't want whatever it is they got. But they notice these people are in one accord. In chapter 4, it tells us that, that, that Peter and John are before the council. And they're threatened and they're told to never teach or preach in the name of Jesus. And they come back to prayer with the others. Acts 4, verse 23 And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is. Remember, what is one accord? Unity of purpose. Striving for the same thing. And it goes on to tell us in verse 31. After they had prayed in one accord. What happens? And when they had prayed. The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed. Were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them. That aught of things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power. Gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them every time in one accord, every time in singleness of heart, every time with one purpose. Chapter five, verse 12, it says, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought amongst the people and they were all with one accord. Every time signs and wonders, one accord. One mind and one accord, the Holy Ghost falls. One mind and one accord, miracles are done. Every single time. And then after this, it says they're in one mind and one accord. Then it goes on to tell all that is being done. This is just two verses later. And the believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed, every one. 
Doesn't this sound like the kind of church we want to be at Evening Light Tabernacle? Come on, sick folks. Come on, those vexed with the Spirit. Come on, those in trouble. They will be healed and delivered. Everyone. That's the pattern. That's what we're supposed to be. But there's another part to the pattern. They were in one accord. They had the same mind and the same goals. Here in the first few chapters of Acts, it's a theme. Same goals, same mind, one accord, all striving for the same purpose. And with that comes the results. With that comes the Holy Ghost. With that comes the miracles. They all have the same goal. What was the same goal? Or should I say, who was the same goal? Who was it? Jesus. What was their cry? What was their goal? Jesus. We must have more of Jesus. We got to have Jesus. We got to show Jesus to the people. We got to give Jesus to the people. Jesus has to be told everywhere. People need to know about Jesus. And it was burning in their heart. And it burned in this one and 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 this one. It burned in them. It was the goal. Jesus we got to give the people Jesus. And how could they give the people Jesus? Because they had Jesus on the inside to give. It wasn't just a sermon. It wasn't just a new doctrine. They had the Jesus of Galilee. Now walking amongst 120. Spreading the gospel everywhere. What was the goal? It was Jesus. Give the people Jesus. That same life that had walked in one person on the shores of Galilee. Was now walking around in them. And they weren't just witnessing, although that's good. They weren't just preaching, although that's good. They weren't just teaching, although that's good. And they weren't just helping the poor, although that's good. They were demonstrating the life. They were demonstrating the power of the Holy Ghost. And they were getting people to the Holy Ghost. Time after time, you'll read. And they received the Holy Ghost. I took these right out of Acts. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost fell on them. The Holy Ghost came on them. They laid hands on them, giving them the Holy Ghost. When Paul goes and he finds believers, he doesn't say, oh, great. I found believers. The first thing he says is, have you received the Holy Ghost? They weren't content with just having believers, but they were getting them to the new birth. They were getting them to the Holy Ghost. Listen, I don't think we have to be ashamed that even in like Tabernacle that we preach the Holy Ghost. Because it's the pattern. It's all in the scripture. We don't have to be ashamed that we preach receiving the new birth. Amen. We don't have to be ashamed that we preach miracles. We don't have to be ashamed that we preach tongues. We don't have to be ashamed that we preach signs and we preach wonders. We don't have to be ashamed because we're just lining up to the pattern of the scripture. I would be ashamed if we didn't. I'd be ashamed if we didn't preach it. But today I say it's the same. He's the same God. He's a living God. It's the same life, the same power. It's the same new birth. And we got to get people to it. Hallelujah. Acts is the pattern. And if you're not patterning after God's pattern, then what pattern are you after? Let's look at it. There's a lot of these. Let's look at the pattern. Why we don't have to be ashamed to preach the new birth, shamed of the Holy Ghost, shamed of tongues, shamed of miracles. 
Acts 2 and 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Pattern. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 3 and 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Well, I'm shocked he didn't break into expounding the seals and... And then the Godhead, and do you understand that the mystery of the Godhead? I have a new doctrine to give you. I have a book to hand you. No. He gave him life. He demonstrated the same life. Five and six. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Acts 6 and 8, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles amongst the people. Pattern. Well, I don't think we need supermen and super preachers and these testifying. of uh, The book of Acts testified about everything they did. The, books, the book of Acts bragged about it. I don't have a problem bragging on my God. I don't have a problem telling what my God's doing, that my God still saves, my God still heals, my God still delivers, my God still fills with the Spirit, my God still sets free from lukewarmness, my God's going to change my body, my God's going to take me in a rapture, my God is a warrior God, my God overcomes every devil in hell. I don't have a problem bragging about my God. Tell the world who he is. Show the world who he is. Acts 8. Six through seven. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies that were lame were healed. Pattern. Brother Branham says that the true church will always try to emulate Try to be like that first church. Acts 15 and 12. Then all the multitude kept silent and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Well, we're not supposed to prophesy. Pattern. I know this is very fourth grade-ish, but the scripture makes it pretty simple. The scripture lays it out. I, I, I purposely went scripture after scripture and quote after quote, so you can't leave going, that's the opinion of even, even like Tabernacle. That's the opinion of Brother Aaron. That's the opinion of Brother Joe or Brother Timothy or Brother Tim. This is the scripture. Acts 28. 8 and 9, and it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. Well, I believe y'all focus too much on the gifts and the supernatural. and It's the pattern. We can't preach it enough. If anything, we don't say it enough. We don't preach it enough. We don't see it enough. This is the pattern. We should come every service believing there's going to be healing. There's going to be salvation. There's going to be deliverance. Devils are going to be cast out. Prison bars are going to come open. It has to. It has to. 
in the same way they came, in one mind and one accord. It's the pattern. The pattern is to fulfill John 14, 12. That was their goal. They were focused. What was their goal? To manifest Jesus. It was their goal to fulfill John 14, 12. We look at it and go, well, somebody's going to do it. No, they woke up every day going, come on, we got people to heal. We got devils to go cast out. There's people on Wednesday night going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I can't wait to get there. I'm ready. Listen, there's too many of us that Wednesday night service interrupts our schedule. And when it's something that interrupts our schedule, then we don't come with expectation. We come begrudgingly. We got to go to church tonight. Come on. No, sir. I'm ready to go to church. I'm excited to go to church. I'm fired up for what God's going to do because I read what he does in the true church. I read how he operates in the true vine. And I believe that's me. And I'm here to say, pour it out, Lord. Pour it out, Lord. That's who we are. Their goal was to be full of the spirit. Listen, the book of Acts was not satisfied with one time. The book of Acts was not satisfied with with being able to say, well, I was in the upper room. Imagine that. There's a lot of us satisfied with saying, 20 years ago, I know I received the Holy Ghost. Good. I mean, I ain't mad at you. I hope you have that testimony, but I hope you're not satisfied. I hope there's still a hunger and I hope there. Listen, we already read it in Acts 4. The very people who received the Holy Ghost in Acts 2 gathered together again two chapters later. Not 20 years later, two chapters later. And they got in one mind and one accord again. And the building was shook again. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost again. I say, shake the building tonight, Lord. Shake the building tonight. Shake this building. Shake my soul. Shake my heart. I need another fresh outpouring. Get my mind back on the goal. Get my mind back on the purpose. It's Jesus. It's a rapture. It's going home get me focused again Lord Jesus these are the same folks that just received the Holy Ghost and they're saying we got to get together and get the Holy Ghost they weren't satisfied they had to have more we can't be satisfied but we must constantly be seeking more keeping our hearts and minds centered on that one goal What's our goal? More of Jesus. We must match that pattern. They woke up every morning going John 14, 12. And they did it. And then we're looking back at the pattern going, we must match the pattern. We must match the pattern. Listen, if you don't want to match the pattern, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just telling you the people that rapture are going to match the pattern. If you want to rapture, match the pattern. He already cut it out. It's following directions. It's simple. This is what I'm coming for. Well, I don't want to. Do, now, this ain't for debate. This is what I'm coming for. He, Brother Branham said in chapter 2, he decided what his church would be like. He decided. It's not up for us to argue with you. we got to match the pattern. I say let him move again tonight in this church. Lord, pour out another dose in evening light tabernacle. Shake this place again. Jesus in our life. Jesus in our services. Jesus in our homes. We must have him. Brother Branham says, 
Some of you trying to test an experience or trust it that they had 10 years ago. He said, that's all right, but what about today? You need one today. Today is the day. Sure, a feeling. The disciples, about three or four days after they received the Holy Ghost, went back and got in one accord and began to pray again with one accord until the Holy Ghost shook the building where they were sitting. Amen. What we need. These early Christians, they were human just like you and me. With differences just like you and me. But they were so focused on the goal. They were so focused, too focused on the goal to let those things derail them or bother them. Because their eyes were on the goal. And when you study Acts, you can find disagreements and you can find arguments. It's called humanity. It's there. Listen, most of us, all we need to have a good argument is just another person in the room. Now multiply that. I don't know how many is here tonight. 175, 200, I don't know. We can have some good arguments with one or two. Some good disagreements with one or two. Multiply that by everything around us. Multiply the book of Acts with all those people around us. But the book of Acts isn't about that. It's about the acts of the Holy Spirit. Not the acts of men. And the takeaway from it should not be to justify our disagreements because, well, you see disagreements in the book of Acts too. So obviously we're going to, that's not what it's there for to justify those things. But what we should see is how people who are completely surrendered to God and have the same goal can lay aside their differences and allow God to move how he wants to move. Church, if we can ever get in one mind. If we could ever get in one mind. I, I, I thought about it the other day. I, was, I, was, I wonder how close we've ever come. Percentage wise. I wonder what the closest we ever came to where every single person in the building. Did not have any other thought other than Jesus. Even tonight. How many of us since I've been preaching have had thoughts other than Jesus? Me. Thoughts come. But do you allow it to derail you and begin to dwell? And begin to go down that path? You see what I'm saying? I wonder how close we've ever come to one mind and one accord. To where we got our mind on the goal. And when you get your mind on the goal, then the differences and, and, and the arguing and the things that we don't see eye to eye on begin to get pushed aside. Because I don't have time to look at our differences if I'm looking at what we're agreeing on. If I'm looking at the goal, then those things are pushed aside and our differences don't have time to become our focus. You can always tell when, when somebody has lost focus on the goal, when, when, when their focus isn't directly on Jesus or directly on a rapture because negativity begins to dominate their conversations and their attitudes. And it's just a focus thing. It's not that that person's lost. It's just their focus is off. And you can't have a conversation with them without them telling you about what's wrong with this person or what's wrong with the church and what's wrong with this and what's wrong with that and who's wrong and what's wrong. Where's your focus? 
What are you looking at? What are you dwelling on? But this early church who was our pattern was able to lay that aside. The reality is in a, in a group this size, let's talk real for a minute. I've talked about this with the young people. We can talk about it as adults. If the young people can handle it, you can. In a group this size or even in a group much smaller than this, guess what? We are not all going to be best friends. Truth? We're not. And guess what? I don't say that in a bad way. That's okay. That's okay. That's life. We're not all going to be best friends, but all of us being best friends isn't the goal. That's not what we come to Evening Light Tabernacle for, is to, to all be best friends. Now, we should all be able to get along in brotherly love. There's a big difference. But we're not all going to be best friends. That's not our goal. You're all wonderful people. But my goal is not to win your approval. My goal is not to make you happy. Neither should your goal be to win my approval or make me happy. Our goal should be, I want to see Jesus. I need more of Jesus. I gather together because the scripture tells me to gather together. And when I do it, it shows me what I'm supposed to expect. There's a pattern. And so I'm gathering together to obey the word and I'm getting in one mind and one accord so God can move the way God wants to move amongst his people. That's the goal. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing. Move, Lord Jesus. Save tonight, Lord Jesus. Heal tonight, Lord Jesus. Do your works tonight, Lord Jesus. That's why we're here. I've got to have more of Jesus. I've got to have. I want to see people saved. I want to see people born again. I want people to be helped. I want God to be able to move like he did in that first church. And in order for that to happen, we have to be in one mind and one accord. This is two quotes here. The first one, he says, 1954 expectation. When we get in one accord, then, then God comes down. See? He says, on the day of Pentecost, what made the Holy Spirit come? This is very cut and dry. What made the Holy Spirit come? They was in one accord. That's what made the Holy Spirit come. Brother Aaron, I want to see him move in every service. I want to break out in this service. What you looking at tonight? What's your goal tonight? What did you come here focused on? He says, and now that's where we ought to be now. And then the Holy Spirit can come on us. It's so simple. And yet because we're humans, it's so difficult. We went to work today. There's a lot on our mind. We got pressure. There's a lot on our mind. We've been sick. There's a lot on our mind. We're trying to raise kids. There's a lot on our mind. There's a cute baby three rows in front of me. There's a lot on my mind. Or a bad baby, either one. There's a lot on our mind. And so it's hard to push through the humanity. We're not talking about sinful things. We're talking about getting our mind locked in. Getting our spirit locked in. Getting our souls in one mind and one accord. So we don't have to agree on every decision. We're never going to. 
it's hard to get your family to agree on where to go out to eat. Or if you're in my family, it's hard to cook something that everybody will eat. Imagine trying to feed the sheep and find something that everybody's going to eat. Come on. You can cook steak at home, and there's going to be somebody that goes, I don't eat it well done. Well, me neither. But that's what's on the table. That's what mama served. And I can't help what the Lord laid on my heart tonight, but I'm telling you, that's what's on the table. And we got to make a decision. Lord, am I going to eat it? Am I going to take it and recognize that maybe I've been one that's hindered? I only say all this because the Lord was saying this to me on the lawnmower. Have you been one that's hindered? Have you had attitude problems? Have you had attitudes about people's attitudes? Oh, no, that's no joke. That hit me right in the face. Have you been upset about other people's attitudes? He said, you're hindering. I think I just made it to where no one's innocent. But we want the Holy Spirit to come down on us. And the more we're in one mind, this is back to the percentage thing. The greater percentage we get in one mind and one accord, the greater he can pour himself out. The more he can reveal himself. Listen, are you talking about us running around the building? No, the Holy Spirit moves in many ways. There's lots of times where nobody gets out in the aisle. And that don't mean the Holy Spirit didn't move in mighty ways in people's heart. I'm not looking. People get it confused, okay? The running, jumping, shouting, dancing that I love is not the moving of the Spirit. It's our response to the moving of the Spirit. But we don't always respond that way. So that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Him dealing with hearts. I'm talking about Him saving souls. Talking about him healing the sick and delivering the bound and all the works of the Holy Spirit. And if that so manifests itself in gifts and tongues and shouting and dance, so be it. But I want to make it clear. I'm just talking about him doing the work that he wants to do tonight. Don't hinder what he wants to do tonight or Sunday or the following or even Tuesday in your home. Because our attitudes can affect a lot more than a church service. It's okay if we don't agree. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to like me. You don't have to like the deacons. Am I wrong, Brother Joe? Yeah, but you got to love them. <laughs> Bless their hearts. There is, there's a difference. That's not our goal. But what you find with mature Christians is that their likes and dislikes... And their disagreements are easily laid aside for the cause of Christ. And it's a maturity thing. We don't bicker and throw tantrums as if we're still in elementary school. You may get just as mad as you did when you were in middle school. Just as mad as you did when you were young. But now you know how to go. That's not what this is all about. And you push it aside and you progress. Why? Why do I have to do that? I want to be so that he can have his way. It's about him. You have to be willing to overlook my faults. And I have to be willing to overlook your faults. 
You have to be willing to overlook my failures and I have to be willing to overlook your failures. And together we have to be willing to let go of hurts and perceived slights and move past our differences for the goal. And that's what they were able, able to do. Um, a mature church is willing to just do that, push those things aside. And what you're going to find is as we get closer and closer to the end and that original seed begins to manifest more and more and it becomes more and more apparent that the vine is sprouting out another branch, then Satan's going to come in and attack the very thing that allows God's work to be done. Unity. That's where he's going to attack. One mind and one accord. That's what he's going to attack. Listen, this isn't the time to be double-minded. This isn't the time to be a swayed and pulled back and forth from one opinion to another. It's not the time to chase after this thought or to to be caught up in this debate or caught up in this argument. It's time that we come together in one mind and one accord. With our goal on the rapture. Our goal on seeing the lost return. Our goal on the prodigals coming back. Our goal on, on, on the sick being healed. Whatever you have need of tonight. The depression being lifted off of this brother or this sister. Joy being returned to that family. Marriage is being restored. That's what we got to be focused on. Not the little silly things that Satan uses to come in and drive us apart. At the end of the day, we must remember we are brothers and sisters in Christ. His blood that was shed for me is the same blood that was shed for you. And it atones for me and covers my failures. It will atone for you and cover your failures as well. Brother Brown says, and as the days grow closer and closer and the narrowing of the path, we want to get closer together. Ma, we must be just one, one body. We must move together, forgetting one another's sins and our differences and just sticking closer and closer and closer as we see that day approaching. Forgetting one another's sins and moving closer and closer. You know, I got to thinking about this and forgetting sins and hurts and trespasses. And I got to thinking about humanity and, and, and betrayals and, and how hard it is for us as humans to move past things. All of us. It's sometimes you're like, why is that still bothering me? Why is that still it's hard to move past things? And I was looking there at Peter. And this is just me. If you don't see it this way, that's okay. It's just something that was striking my heart. The spokesman of Pentecost, people would call him. Even there in Acts 1, but before the Holy Ghost falls, he stands up in the midst of the disciples. And everybody else is gathered there. And he begins to instruct them. And he's given instruction on what they all must do. And I tried to place myself there. As if maybe I was one of the disciples. And how hard it would have been for me. Talk about me. In my nature, to sit there and go, why are you talking? Sit down. Like somebody else who didn't deny Jesus, stand up. Like for real, like where'd you even come from? Didn't you leave? And now you're going to stand up and tell us how to act? Why are you running this operation? Who put you in charge? I I, would have been like, no, no, no. Somebody boo this man. I'm just, I, these are the thoughts that's come like, how, what would my attitude be like? Just, just being honest because 
You know, some of them had to feel bitter. They had to be mad at him. Think, think how they felt about him. He was always so brash and so tough talking. Though all men should be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Though all men, and he's throwing other people under the bus to make himself look good. Though all men, Brother Joe may, but not I. These other disciples, they, they might deny you, but Lord, I would never. I am Peter. I mean, I just cut a dude's ear off. I'm, I would never do this. Think about how brash he was in the ad. He probably rubbed people the wrong way all the time, to be honest with you. And he turned out to be the biggest coward who denied Jesus and thus denied his relationship with the rest of the disciples. Because the accuser comes up and some of them say, you're, you know Jesus, you're one of them. And he said, one of them says, surely you are one of them. Nope. I don't go to that church. Let's bring it down home. I don't go to that church. I don't believe the message. Next Sunday, I'm in the pulpit. It's a pretty solid analogy if you ask me. I don't even know Jesus or any of those people. A few days later, y'all sit down and listen. I'm going to instruct y'all on what we need to do. I would have been pretty bitter towards that fella. I would have had a real attitude. Oh, now you want to run stuff? The one who denied, the one who cursed. Listen, the angel had to tell them, go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. I mean, think about it. They already wasn't even counting him as a disciple. You can look at that how you want, but I looked at it like the angel knew they ain't going to tell Peter. <laughs> they, they ain't going to tell him. Y'all go tell his disciples and Peter. Yeah. You know, you know what you're thinking. You tell Peter. How easy would it have been in that upper room for them to still be mad, still be hurt, still be upset? And yet they had to let all of that go. They had to forgive. And even though they had reason to be upset, even though somebody really did offend them, even though they didn't like who was in charge... They made a decision of a mature Christian. This is not going to be our focus. That is not going to become between us. We're not going to look at that. Instead, I'm going to focus on what he said to us when we left. Their focus was, he said, if we came here, we would be endued with power from on high. His, their focus was, he said, go into all the world and spread the gospel. He said that the works that I do shall you do also. He said you'll take up serpents and it shall not by any means harm you. He said you'll cast out devils. And that was their focus. And I say tonight, what's our focus? He said we would take up serpents and it wouldn't harm us. He said we'd be just like the first church. He said we'd put forth another branch just like that one. That's my focus. Lord, pour it out tonight. That's what I'm looking at. You said there'd be a rapture. You said there'd be a body change. Oh, I'm hurt. I'm offended, but I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the word. The word said we can make it. The word said we can have the Holy Ghost. The word said we can be delivered. The word said we would be a church without spot or wrinkle. That's what we're looking at. They began to focus on that. And their mind was on that. And they talked about that. And they prayed about that. Oh, come on, somebody. What are we talking about when we get together? What's our attitude? They talked about the promises. 
They focused on the promises. They prayed about the promises. And all of a sudden there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. May it break forth in this building tonight. May our minds get on the go. May it get focused again. And may it begin to come over every heart. And pillars of fire break out here and here and here. And you get a refilling. And I get a refilling. And you get a refilling. And you get a refilling. Because we get back. We need Jesus. I need more Jesus. I'm here to worship Jesus. I serve God because he called me and he loved me and he died for me. Not because of something my brother did or didn't do. What is our focus in this day? What is our focus? What would it take to get the power of God to shake this building tonight? To shake our hearts again. To bring us back into focus. And let him move freely in an atmosphere where our thoughts is on him. I broke this up into two. It's the same quote though, these next two. It says, you go to a congregation. This one says, well, now at nighttime, even in this little handful of people, you sit here and feel one coming here and here and here and here. Just everywhere, people, one in thinking this, one thinking that. While I know they're, why, why? I know what they're thinking about. Sure I do. God reveals it. And one of them saying, well, Dr. So-and-so said it was mental telepathy. This one says, well, he's a spiritualist. And this one says, it's a devil. And this one says, I think those people are just emotional. Well, I think that was out of order. Well, I think he's preaching at me. And this preacher sees it different than him. And I think, and I think, and he says, that's the reason the Holy Spirit can't move. You see, it's got to be one accord. Got to be one accord. And then God's blessings and power will pour upon his people. Until we can get that, we're fighting air. Truly. Until we can get that. So brother Aaron are we all going out to eat on Tuesday? No. We're not. It's not what we're talking about. When we come to the house of God. Lay all that aside. Lay all that aside. Every hurt. Everyone. As a matter of fact. It ain't even got to be when you come to the house of God. It's just time to lay some things aside. It's time to lay things down. It's time to lay hurts down and move on beyond those things. We have to be united around a common goal, striving for the same things. Look, we can all be striving really, really, really hard. But if we're striving in different directions, it ain't doing nobody any good. And if we begin striving in different directions with different goals, then suddenly our differences become magnified. Things that really doesn't matter as long as you're focused. But when you become unfocused, suddenly those things become the focus. But if we want God to move, we all have to be willing to sacrifice what we want and how we want it and how we feel and lay that down and say, God, I just want you to move. What is the purpose of this service? Just so God can move. Just so God can deliver. Just so God can do the things he wants to do. What was it that Nehemiah said there in Nehemiah 4 and 6? It says, so we built the wall and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. Why? 
for the people had a mind to work. In other words, they all got the same goal. They all got behind what they were doing. They all began to look at it. They all got in the same mind. How did it get accomplished? Why did the wall get finished? Because they began to focus on one goal and they were all content with the part that Nehemiah told them to play. And it didn't matter who built this much wall and who built that wall. Well, my wall's a lowly part and your wall's at the main gate. And well, you're using this kind of tool and I have a different kind of more. No, they had one mind. Finish the wall. Finish the wall. Well, Brother Aaron, did you hear about this? And did you hear they said that? I'm not worried about that. What I know is that Laodicea is all around us and we need to finish this wall. We need to finish this work. We got to get busy with our mind on the goal that it's rapture time, that it's going home time. And that there's people out there that we got to get in. Oh, what, what part can I do? What can I do for the kingdom of God? What can I fix? You. Go back and study. They all worked on their portion of the wall. Quit trying to fix your buddy's portion. Quit trying to fix my portion. It's like I've been saying a lot lately. How about you worry about you? And I need to fix me. This ain't putting off. I need to fix me. There's things that I got to take care of. There's things that I've got to get in order. In order for us all to be focused on the goal. What's the goal? We're to be pressing towards the mark of the high calling. Pressing towards a body change. Getting our eyes back on him and off of our brother's faults. We've got to allow the word to break every hindering spirit in our life. We all have different spirits that attack each one of us. Sure we do. Maybe some people's is more glaring than others. That don't make it any worse than somebody else's. We all have hindering spirits that come and try to attack. And we've got to allow the, the word to break those hindering spirits off our life and quit talking that, that backsliders language of negativity focused on, on people's failures and shortcomings. Quit, folks, listen, this word is a positive word. It's not a negative word. It's a positive word. And God's people are a positive people. They're a positive people. Who focus on what we can do and how we can overcome and how we're going to improve. Satan's the one that comes and points out the accuser of the brethren. Every last little thing. I say tonight, God, help me find the positives and the strengths of every person and let me look at them through that lens. What is their positive? What is their strength? Help me to find the positives in every situation. Help us to look at things through the right filter. Refocus us tonight. Refocus us tonight on our purpose of why we're even here. Let's get in one mind and one accord so the Holy Ghost can fall. And as the early church recognized the power of one mind, I'm going to have to go quickly now as we're running out of time. But as they began to recognize the power of one mind, you begin to see throughout the New Testament, it begins to be preached. Romans 12, 15 through 17. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to man, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Romans 15, 5 and 7. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. That you may with one mind and with one mouth glorify God 
even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive you one another as Christ also received unto us the glory of God. What you find here in this scripture, is like-minded here means to mind the same thing. Like-minded is to mind the same thing. In other words, all occasions of difference removed. Wow. And all quarrels laid aside. Notice it says, according to Jesus Christ. There at the end of verse 5, according to Jesus Christ. What this means is, is that he's to be the center of our like-mindedness. Because we can be like-minded in error. I can be really, really wrong and convince you to agree with me. Now we're both wrong. Even though we're in one accord. So what it's saying here is, is your like-minded must, must center on Jesus. In other words, because you get a bunch of people together in one accord and in one mind or a group of people who agree together, that doesn't mean it's the truth. You can be like-minded in error. You find that in Genesis, I believe it's in Genesis 11 when they're building the Tower of Babel. Prophet of God says, he says, now they built a tower which I doubt that the modern science could build today with all their machinery and things. Because they were united together, they had one mind, one soul, one purpose, one motive, one objective. That's built a tower so high that if God ever took a notion to destroy them again, they'd run them right up into the heavens with him. And there'd be no way that they could keep him from doing it or he could keep them from doing it as they thought. And we find out then that they organize themselves together and we find them again completely out of the will of God. So they're in one mind, one purpose, one motive, one soul, one objective and out of the will of God. So you have to make sure that your like mindedness is centered on Jesus. Because Brother Branham would tell us in, in relation to the builders of Babel and them being united that Satan patterns off the things of God. And so he will cause people to be united, but united under a lie. United under a falsehood or united under a purpose that will hinder the move of God. So the scripture instructs us, make sure that you're like-minded in Jesus. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind. Live in peace and the love of God and peace shall be with you. Philippians 1.27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. That you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. In one mind striving together. Not striving against one another, but striving against the common enemy. One spirit, one mind. And as I hope we've seen, the scripture is very clear that there may be different ideas. There may be different opinions, different diversities of judgment, disagreements on how things should be handled. And yet through all this, if we have the character of Christ, then we will have a oneness of heart and the ability to move beyond all of those things for the cause of Christ. First Peter 3, 8, finally, be ye all of one mind. Don't know why that happened. There we go. Oops, still doing it. It's going crazy. Having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. We're about to wrap these scriptures up. Bear with me another moment. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. You think they didn't learn 
how important this was there in the book of Acts? Over and over and over and over and over. Let nothing be done with strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. This literally says you're to think that every other person is better than you. It's hard for some people. Esteem others better than yourselves. Y'all are better than me. It's hard to do. It's hard to think that way. Why all these commands? Because they were dealing with the exact same stuff we deal with. Humanity, opinions, upset, hurt feelings, scars, bitterness, the devil trying to tear people apart. The devil knows the power of one mind. He knows what happens when God's people get in one mind and one accord. He learned real quick there in the book of Acts. He learned that he couldn't stand before a people of God who were in one mind and one accord. And he don't want us in one mind today. He don't want us in one mind in this service. He don't want us in one mind tomorrow. And he tries to keep us split up and firing at each other. Brother Branham said, if he can keep us quarreling, he said, brother, Satan don't even have to fight. Oh, but if we can get in one mind and one accord, I think we've seen what will happen. We'll get the devil on the run tonight. you got a problem. you got a sickness. You've been bound down. you got some complex hindering you. In one mind and one accord, you can walk out completely different, completely delivered, completely healed, completely set free. Bitterness out of your heart. How do you know? I read the pattern. I know what happens when God's people get in one mind and one accord. The power of God can sweep in this place and set every one of us free brother Branham says if I could get you in one mind and one accord there wouldn't be a feeble person in the building in the next five minutes it would be instantaneous one minute bound the next moment free one minute sick the next moment healed one minute lost the next minute saved I say pour it out Lord Jesus I want it tonight Lord my mind is on you I want nothing but you I'm laying aside my thoughts my feelings my worries my doubts my unbeliefs I say Lord shake the building tonight Pour it out tonight, Lord. That's the desire of my heart. Not just tonight, but every night. Every service. Hallelujah. Listen, he's going to bring backbiting. He's going to bring division. He's going to bring strife. But if we can just push that aside and get together the power of one mind. His mind. His will. His desires. We've been talking about the power of one mind. Look not every man on his own things. That's a bunch of different minds. But every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. There it is. What are we supposed to be looking for brother Aaron? What's he want done? What's his will? How does he want to move? What's his opinion about it? What does the word say about it? That's the mind we're talking about. If we could all get in one mind where we're looking for his will and he is our goal. In that mind, walls fall down. In that mind, spirits are cast out. In that mind, there is forgiveness. In that mind, the Holy Ghost falls. Amen. If we can get out of this mind and quit operating with our carnal minds. Quit operating under family cycles. Quit operating under what we think and operate in the character of the new birth. Operate in the character of the new birth where our filter is his mind. Come to church with what kind of mind, Brother Joe? With a mind to worship. Come to church with a mind to receive. Come to church with a mind focused on the word. 
Yes, yes, you're going to have to push past humanity. Yes, we're going to struggle with it, no doubt. But it's worth it. Look what happened every single time they were able to push past and get in one mind and one accord. You think for a minute all 120 people in the upper room loved or liked one another? That may be the last time they all ever hung out. They were told to be there and they were just doing what the word told them to do. And they got in one mind and one accord. That didn't matter. They went to the upper room with one purpose. One mind. Brother Aaron, you said that a lot. Yeah, that's what we're preaching about. One accord. It is a serious thing. One mind. One purpose. One accord. Can we just show up one time like that? If we could just do it one time. If we could somehow. Lord don't let me be the one that's not. But let us show up like that one time. And let's shake hell. That's exactly. It would shake hell. I think the heavens would open up. And even if it wasn't rapture day. We might just go ahead and go. If we could all just get in one mind in this building one time. I don't care who's leading singing tonight. I don't care who's on the instruments tonight. I don't care who's preaching tonight. I don't care if it's hot in church. I don't care if it's cold in church. I don't care if the speakers work. I don't care if every microphone squeals and the drums are offbeat and the piano's out of key. I showed up to worship God. I'm here to praise God. I'm here for one purpose. I'm not here for a concert. I'm not here for a special sermon or some beautiful lecture. I'm not here to see what people's wearing. I'm here because I need Jesus. I need more Jesus. Pour it out tonight, Jesus. That's why I'm here. I don't care about any of the other stuff. None of it. One purpose. You, I, you know, mm, nope. You know what? We need to have all of our services in August out there in that field. We ain't going to mow it. We ain't going to put up a tent. We ain't going to have microphones. Just so we can realize how spoiled how blessed we really are. Get our mind right and recognize how silly our gripes are. You know, uh, we're about to close. But can you imagine some of our conversations in heaven? When you meet a new brother and you're excited to meet him, tell me your testimony. Tell me. Tell me all about it. And he says, well, I was a martyr. We ran from place to place desperately just longing one time to have the opportunity to gather together and have a service. So we hid in caves and, 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 and dungeons and hideouts. And they finally found us. My children were taken from me and sent to the Colosseum. They said I could save my children's life if I was just willing to recant my, 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 the doctrine of the new birth and the Godhead. And I wanted to so bad, but my children encouraged me, said, don't do it, daddy. Stand strong. Don't do it. Let me die for the faith. So I lost my children. And then I was broken on the wheel. They took and broke every one of my fingers and they tore my teeth out. Then they shattered my shin bones with clubs. My intestines were torn out and set on fire while I was still alive. Then my hands and feet were tied with four separate ropes to four separate horses. And they stretched every muscle and every tendon and every bone in my body until they snapped. And all the while they did it, I sang hymns and praised God. I sang hymns. As a matter of fact, I found out when I got here that there were others 
that, 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 that were so moved by the way I worshipped in my discomfort and in my torture that they gave their lives to God and they're here because of the testimony as I witnessed to the very ones breaking my bones. And I told them about the love of God. Then I was quartered. Parts of my body were hung on the city gate and the bridges as a warning to my brothers and sisters. This is what happens to those that are willing to worship in spirit and in truth. Of course, it didn't hinder them at all. It it just made them get stronger and stronger and they carried on together. And the more hardships that came our way, the stronger we got and the closer we became and the more determined we got to stay in one mind and one accord. And our services got greater and greater and greater. Tell me, tell me your testimony. Were you a martyr? <clears throat> yeah, in a sense. Yeah, in a sense. I, many times during our services. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I bet the, the authorities busted in and stole your children and arrested you and carried you off and beat you. No, but I did have to bring a sweater because the thermostat was too low. There was another time, too, I didn't know who was preaching. And so uh, I came, and had I known, I would have stayed home and streamed a different minister from another church. That was brutal. And many times, brother, I endured song choices that were not on my list of favorites. And I'm sure judging by the attitudes of my brothers and sisters that they agreed with me. That day, we was in one mind and one accord. Song service stunk. not really that funny if you think about what we have to gripe about listen to this yeah i i I, yeah they uh sometimes if you sit in one place in the church the sound was dead and if you sit somewhere else it was loud how about that your kids went to the coliseum okay once i got to church late and the deacons they found me a seat it was towards the front you cannot imagine the walk of shame i had to go through as i walked up there And then, it's hard for me to even say, the minister offended me. What's your story going to be? What is going to be our reason for not being in one mind and one accord? Can you imagine how we stack up to those that have gone on before us? You say, Brother Aaron, this is the most evil age that's ever been. I don't argue that. But it's the easiest age that's ever been to come together and worship freely. There's never been another age that had church as easy as we have it. With the blessings that we have, with the light that we have. And I don't even mean this light. I mean the restored word of the hour. Worshiping openly and freely in a nice place. There's nobody fixing to kick in the door and arrest all of us. What will our excuse be? I say, Lord, help me. Help me to come with one mind and one accord. Help me to lay aside all these things. Help help us to raise up out of that carnality and operate from a realm that, that allowed the book of Acts to be written. What was it that allowed the book of Acts to be written? One mind and one accord. Brother Branham says we have to get out of this dimension. He says, what we need is a Holy Ghost atmosphere. That's right. An atmosphere where the power of God's a moving. One accord, one place, gathered together under that atmosphere of expecting God to move down and do signs and wonders. Amen. 
Let's move ourselves up into that bracket. Step up in faith. Move out of these three dimensions up into the next one. Get out of our mind. Church, lay aside our faults. I've got so many of them. Sometimes I feel like I got more faults than I do redeeming qualities. At least that's how the devil talks to me. Maybe he's nicer to y'all. I got tons of them. I pray you'll look past them. I pray you'll have grace for me as I have grace for you. I pray that we'll love each other through the blood of Jesus. And that when we come together recognizing that not only is my soul at stake, but the souls of my brothers and sisters. And how dare I be one that would hinder the move of God by not being in one mind and one accord. The musicians can come. I have a quote I want to read as we close. Because I believe that if we get in one mind and one accord, he'll shake this place service after service. I believe he'll shake this place today. I believe he'll shake this place Sunday. I believe he'll shake it next Wednesday. If, if we'll just begin to lay more of ourselves down. Lay down more of our thoughts and accept more of his thoughts. Say, Lord, don't let me hinder. I'm looking for another chapter in the book of Acts. I'm looking for that. And I'm looking for more of God. And I'm looking for more of the gifts. And I'm looking for more of the miracles. I'm looking for more of the Holy Ghost. I'm looking for more deliverance. And we're not focusing too much on that. Matter of fact, he says, just listen a minute. How can we have the mind of Christ that was in him and then deny the things he commissioned us to do? How can we place miracles in the past when the very Christ himself was God and God in you? In the presence of God, there's always miracles. He said, you call me Lord. Why call you me Lord and do not the things that I've commanded you to do? I laid it out for you. It's all laid out for us. We just got to come in one mind and one accord. These things aren't optional. Miracles are not optional. The works that I do shall you do also are not optional. We got to get in the power of one mind. His mind. And this is what will happen when we get in that. These quotes are all from India Trip Report 1954. It says, and every word in the Bible is God's thought lying in seed form that received into the human being and spoke by the same thought that materialized the Bible brings the, same, brings the thing to pass. See what I mean? How powerful could the church be? The Bible said, let this mind that was in Christ be in you. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now your thoughts, if they become expression. Now if that same spirit that said, let there be light and there was light, said let there be trees and there was trees if that same mind that was in Christ be in you how much could it say let there be no cancer and it would be gone let the blind eyes be open and it would be so see it's your very thought Jesus said verily you said that was Jesus but wait a minute he said have faith in God for verily verily I say unto you if you say unto this mountain be moved plucked up and cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart but believe that what you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever things thou sayest. Is that right? You shall have it. Not me. You shall have it. What power has been given to the church? 
But if it becomes a real revelation of God, these are all in order. I just had to break it up. That you see it before it happened and express it in word form. That word takes a hold and becomes material, a thought expressed. Oh my, how God could see it. Your heart and your mind is so filled with God's spirit until your thoughts become his thoughts. Amen. There you are when your mind and your leading and your guiding becomes a direct place or a direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit that's moving your mortal being. Oh my, what kind of people should we be? If the very Holy Spirit has you so embodied and empowered that you don't use your own thoughts. This is what I've been talking about. This is what I've been trying to get to. When we come here, let's lay our thoughts aside. When we come in here, let's lay them down. Why are we here? What are we doing? What is our purpose? You don't use your own thoughts. You don't use your own mind. You don't use your own opinions. But the Holy Spirit has you so built until your thoughts and your being is God's Spirit expressing itself through you. What kind of a church would Evening Light Tabernacle be? Maybe it didn't end exactly the way I thought it would. That's okay. I just want to ask you, are you coming in one mind? Are you coming in one accord? Or has church become something else to you? Really, right now in your heart, why are you here? Why do we gather? Why do we follow the message? What is it we believe? I'm believing for a rapture. I'm believing for greater and more and more. Because I read through the book of Acts. I recognize there's still some places we don't match up. There's still some places where the pattern ain't exactly lining up. And I'm saying I'm going to match it. I'm going to match it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to lay down whatever opinions, whatever thoughts, whatever ideas. Lord, if it's me hindering this service, Lord, help me. Show me. Move me. Get my attitude right. Because I'm looking for a rapture. And what I know is the same thing that brought down the Holy Spirit. Brother Branham said he came because of one mind and one accord. Is the same thing that's going to bring him back to get a bride. If it brought him down then, it'll bring him back now. So what is our goal? Lord Jesus, come back. Lord Jesus, save my children. Lord Jesus, fill me again. Lord Jesus, give me a refilling. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm longing for. That's what I'm after. That's my goal. I'm in one heart with my brothers. I don't see everything the same, but we're, we're in one heart, one, one, one mind, one accord. Lord, we're here to worship you. We're here to praise you. We're here to give you, Lord, the praise you deserve so you can fill me once again. Lord, so you can pour it out once again. Drive this bitterness out. Lord, I don't want it. I want the joy of my salvation restored. Lord, I want that joy once again. I want freedom in the house of God. I want freedom from these things that bind me and hold me. Get my vision back tonight, Lord. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And if we come with that one thing, that one thing, he'll shake these walls. He'll shake your souls. He'll shake your home. What kind of church would evening like tabernacle be? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you dealt with me, Lord, in my heart. And I just expressed my, Lord, how you dealt with me about my own attitude. Lord, I pray that 
Lord, it was given in grace because, Lord, that's all. Lord, if I'm anything, if I ever make it, it'll be because of your grace and your mercy. Lord, help me to lay aside any bitterness, any hurt, any hardship, anything that I might feel like I have a right to be upset about. I got to push that aside and say, that's not what this is about. This is about Jesus. This is about a bride making it out of here. We got to finish the work. There's a work that we've been called to do even as Jesus fulfilled all of the scriptures in the Old Testament. He left scriptures in the new for his bride to fulfill. There's work to be done. There's a pattern to line up to. And the key to that pattern is one heart, one mind, one accord. Father, give us the grace and the strength we need to move past our own humanity. Lord, and to walk. Lord, in the mind of Jesus Christ. Where we don't operate by our opinions and our thoughts and our ideas. But we're so yielded to you, Lord. We can recognize your leadership and yield our lives to it. Lord, I pray you'll just come now. Lord, as there's a solemn, sweet spirit in this place, Father. Lord, begin to deal with every heart. Lord, you know I had no thought in this direction until you came. You know it. Lord, I don't believe it's without purpose. Lord, I repent before you right now. Lord, of any service or I may have hindered, of any negative thought, of any time, Lord, where you wanted to break out and maybe my thoughts wasn't right, my attitudes wasn't right, and I got unfocused on why we was really here. Lord, help us, help me, help me to get my focus right. Help me, Lord. And may every heart tonight, Lord, make that same cry. We surrender this, Lord, this congregation. We surrender our will. We surrender everything that we are. Lord, may you be the leader of Evening Light Tabernacle. May we just get ourselves out of the way and yield to it, I pray, Father. We love you with all of our hearts. Move, Lord, in Jesus' name. Holding nothing, with holding nothing, I surrender.